Hey everyone, this is Carmen and Christina, and this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. And it's a little bit of everything today. What are we talking about? I'll, I'll tell you right now, but before we start, um, let's just do like a content warning for police brutality. Oh, murder death violence oh i'll stop (laughs) yeah (laughs) today we're talking about santos rodriguez hmm i don't know about him i was like so because normally i don't stay up late to finish my notes because it's like we can just do this whenever right like i don't need to yeah (laughs) there's no like pressure yeah Yeah. but i was like so enveloped in this like oh that i was like i need to finish it (laughs) i need to tell christina about it oh my god i'm so i'm so excited okay So, on July 24th, 1973, on that date, Santos and David Rodriguez were woken up and pulled out of their home in the Little Mexico neighborhood of Dallas by police officers Daryl Kane and Roy Arnold, who were investigating a nearby burglary at a gas station where money was stolen from a vending machine. Santos and David didn't even get a chance to put shoes on because of these stupid fucking cops. Wow. So I think you know where this is going, but let's continue. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently Santos and David matched a witness's vague description. You know, brown kids. What was it? I was (laughs) going to say, what was the description? They looked Mexican. Yeah. The officers accused Santos and David of robbing $8 from a vending machine. $8. $8, yeah. But the boy Santos, who was 12 at the time, and David, who was 13, 13 okay just prepare yourself (laughs) i know i'm already prepared (laughs) so yeah they denied having to do anything with the burglary because they had nothing to do with the burglaries (laughs) in a later interview david said the cops accused them of running from the scene and that he and santos told the cops like we were never there we were home um so he said that officer kane pulled out his gun when he wasn't getting answers, the answers that he wanted from them. The cops didn't believe them, and they took them from their home as their foster grandfather, Carlos Minez, who was 84 at the time and didn't speak English, couldn't intervene. Yeah. So they took them from their home as Carlos watched helplessly, and the boys were handcuffed and placed in a squad car. At the time, their mom, Bessie Rodriguez, was imprisoned for killing her boyfriend, Ooh. Yeah. And as we know, and I th- you probably know, most people know, I think that most women who are in prison for killing their partners, it's usually out of self-defense. <laughs> yeah. Because they're yeah. victims of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was no different for Bessie. So just a quick background on her. She was raised in Little Mexico by foster parents, married at 14 to David Rodriguez, the boy's dad. And he was a Mexican immigrant. She gave birth to David Jr. when she was 15. Then a year later, had Santos, who was born on All Saints Day. And that's how he got his name. Oh, precious. Mm -hmm. Her marriage to David Sr. didn't last. And she started dating a man three decades older than her. Oh, no. Um, And I didn't know how long, like, the marriage didn't last and how, when she started dating this man. So I'm not sure about that. But um, this man was abusive to her. She said that one night they struggled over a gun and he was killed. So she was convicted of murder with malice and sent to prison for five years. And so this 
man Carlos was caring for the boys because mm-hmm. of that. Their grandfather, right? It said foster grandfather, so I don't know if he oh, was... Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, like, a, you know how you say, like, foster mom, foster dad. But she asked him to take care of them, and she okay. was in the foster system before, so I don't know if maybe oh, he was it previous. could be her father. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So the officers took Santos and David back to the scene of the crime, and they played a game to force the boys to confess. A game? Russian roulette. What the fuck? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is I, horrible. I cried reading this because <laughs> they are so I small. I was so appalled. And I'm going to cry right now. You're cr- I was going to say, <laughs> you look like you're about to cry again. I'm just shocked. Because it's so infuriating and sad. Like, you know, these are, so, I mean, they were 12 are... and 13. And this was $8. That is my stepson's age. Eight Over $8. Eight fucking dollars. Who and fucking so cares young. if they stole eight dollars? That does not warrant an officer to pull a gun to someone's head, you know? Like nothing warrants an officer to do that. No. But eight dollars? Eight? Yeah. Oh my god. So um Santos was seated in the front passenger seat and Officer Kane sat behind him while David sat next to him in the back. Partner, Officer Arnold, I think his name was Ronald or Arnold, I don't remember. He was in the front in the driver's seat. So Officer Kane insisted that the boys were guilty and in an attempt to coerce the confession, which needless to say is illegal and wrong. Yes. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> like I can't. He held his gun to Santos head. He clicked the oh gun God. and he told Santos that next time he might not be so lucky. The boys continued to deny the accusation, but Officer Kane uh, pulled the trigger and the officer's warning rang true. Santos was not lucky and the gun went off. Oh my fucking god! They just—he just murdered him. Yeah, and Santos over died immediately. Over eight dollars. Oh my god! Over eight dollars. Yeah, these people are psychopaths. Like literally, this is insane. It is like not. And like, was he even thinking? Like, so he said just... it was an accident. How? He's literally playing Russian roulette. Yeah, like that's not an accident. What did he it's, think that it was unloaded? It, you don't accidentally point a gun to a kid's head. And yeah, so he says that he he didn't realize it was loaded, but we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more. So <laughs> I'm oh my god. Okay. Go So oh after they god. did this, both Officer Kane and Officer Arnold got out of the car and they left David alone from anywhere for 10 minutes to 30 minutes. With his brother in the With front his, seat. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. In a later interview, Santos said (sighs) that before the shooting, Officer Kane had opened the cylinder of the gun, counted two to three bullets, closed it back up. So he knew. Yeah, he he knew. knew. I'm so mad right now. Oh, my God. And that's why I said content warning. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So, yeah, he counted the two to three bullets um, in the cylinder, pointed the gun at Santos' head, told him to tell the truth, then clicked the gun once without it going off and then he told him this time it has a bullet in it so he told him according to david officer kane told santos wow like he you know clicked it once and he's like pointed at him again and said this time it has a bullet in it how is that an accident so he knew he yeah no not at all um he's swear they better not get off yeah this time he told them it had a bullet in it fired the gun and killed santos David said he tried to knock the gun out of Officer Kane's 
hands, but he couldn't because both he and Santos were handcuffed. And they're boys. Yeah, they're young boys. And these are grown-ass men. Yeah, like... According to Officer Kane, Santos' last words were, I'm telling the truth. David remembers telling his brother, you're going to be all right, and that his brother never responded. And when I read that, I was like, oh, my God. (sighs) So, yeah, I was just like, I feel like I just couldn't stop reading this because it was truly broke my heart that these boys started off their day like any other day. And just hours before Santos was killed, they were playing basketball with like neighborhood kids just being regular kids you know and his childhood both their childhoods were taken from them because how is Mm -hmm. david gonna you know how do you yeah the rest of his life after seeing his brother killed in front of him and this is the kind of shit that then goes on and affects generations yeah that follow because this is traumatic as fuck Mm -hmm. and he has to oh i can't i just can't even and his mom is in prison. Yeah. So she lost a son. And they didn't he have her because gun violence also. Oh, my God. Enacted by men. Like, oh, my God. And we should note that this was not the first time Officer Kane was involved with something like this. Oh, my God. He was previously involved in the fatal shooting of a black teenager named Michael Moorhead. How is this officer still even... But we know it happens, and it happens to this day, you know? Even to have the audacity to, like, I'm going to play Russian roulette with this 12-year-old. How do you do that with someone's life? With someone's life, but you know he's done this before because... Yeah. Like, this can't be the first time he pulls this out of his ass, you know? Yeah. Because these people, they do the same shit again and again and again until they get caught, Mm -hmm. then don't go to jail for it, and then they keep doing it until they retire. Yeah. So Officer uh, Kane was charged with committing murder with malice. And this was like the most um, serious charge back then, which is the same that the mom got. Yeah. Although this is straight up like this should be life. I mean, yeah, it should be more. And nowadays, ideally it'd be more. But back then this was the only, the most serious uh, charge. So, yeah, he was charged with committing murder with malice, was found guilty, and he was sentenced to five years in prison. And that was the sentence for that charge. Five years yeah. for murdering a child mm-hmm. in cold blood. Yeah. Intentionally, because that doesn't happen otherwise. No. And but wait, he only ended up serving two and a half years. <laughs> what? Yeah. And I don't know why. Like, I couldn't. I didn't. Probably good fucking behavior. Probably. Um, And then the partner, Officer Arnold, was fired from the force, but he never faced any charges. But he should face... And I don't know if this was a charge back then because, you know, like, they didn't really... I mean, now there's more. um, Yeah. It's more like penal codes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But as an accomplice, he didn't do anything to stop this. Yeah. You know? It's Mm -hmm. also on him. It's on his hands, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, and during the trial, the uh, Rodriguez brothers were cleared of their alleged involvement in the crime because their fingerprints didn't match any at the scene. Because obviously, like they said, they were not there. They were home. Santos' murder sparked an outrage in the Mexican-American community. And four days after Santos was killed, a march of justice for Santos Rodriguez was set to be held downtown 
and I, this is no longer the city hall. I think it's like somewhere else now. But um, okay, it started off somewhere called the Kennedy Memorial. Oh, somewhere called the Kennedy Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kennedy. <laughs> Whoops, my bad. So it started off at the Kennedy Memorial and ended at City Hall. And the march started off peaceful, but but towards the end of it, as as more groups of protesters joined the march, what some would refer to as a riot, but not me. <laughs> Not not I. Not Broke I. out. Yeah. <laughs> so protesters... You mean it... <laughs> but what's the other word? I can't think of it. Not riot, but... Oh, you mean an uprising. There we I go. don't know. People acting out on their anger, you know? Yeah, an uprising. Yeah. So protesters attacked the police, rightfully. As they should. <laughs> yes. People knew what happened, like how Santos was killed. How do you expect them to not be angry at the police for murdering one of their children in cold blood like this is you know of course this is, they i mad. am so angry right now this is insane and just to think because this was 1973 and just mm-hmm. to think of the countless of murders that police yeah. have continued to do i mean it reminds me of tamir rice who was also he wasn't he 12 or was yeah. he younger no he was like 12, 12. Right? he was 12 yeah same same shit different fucking year it's yeah. insane i just can't believe and they keep getting more money more funding yeah yeah it's just i hate it i hate it here (laughs) (laughs) make it stop (laughs) please (laughs) so um yeah they uh uh, attacked the police broke uh cars uh broke into cars broke windows of cars damaged downtown businesses whatever property who fucking cares i don't (laughs) i don't fucking care that they broke into whatever fucking store i don't give a shit i don't care that they broke into the fucking store i don't fucking care yeah steal whatever (laughs) i don't care cars i don't know whatever a news reporter described it as follows all was havoc a motorcycle was burning a news vehicle was smashed several officers injured and the sound of shattering glass filled the street the stench of burning rubber filled the air that's how people express their anger i'm not mad at it it is what it is i don't want riots (laughs) don't kill kids (laughs) kids <laughs> don't please we're gonna make this into a sticker <laughs> <laughs> seriously so days after the protest santos family issued the following statement the rodriguez family would only ask that when the people of dallas hear the name santos rodriguez they think not of the un- unwanted violence that became associated with his name saturday but they think of the real santos rodriguez a gentle and well-liked 12 year old boy who had his life tragically taken from him Oh. yeah i mean it's all around i'm sure the family wouldn't have wanted like this violence associated with him but at the same time the people were angry you know yeah and that's usually what happens yeah. when i i don't know i feel like i'd be like burn it down like the mom like oh my the god mom, i got that, chills listening to her i can't watch that video once in a while it pops up usually around uh women's history yeah. or not women's month not women's yeah. history month are they the same month there's a Women's History Month and then there's a International Women's International Day, right? Women's Day. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And, and they're I think in the some same people month. say call it Women's Month, but I, I guess it's not really Women's uh, Month. You know what? The whole month, though. Yeah. No. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. it pops up around then and yeah. it's a, a, a woman, a mom in Mexico, and she's talking about how she's like, let the world burn. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that would, yeah. I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Because it usually goes like the family will be like, we don't want 
people to act like this yeah and then or or it'll be the other one where it's like yeah let's just burn everything like i don't just burn it all to the ground bitch because if if a child i can't even talk if a child is your whole world yeah and they're gone (laughs) yeah yeah and not only are they gone but they were taken from you in such a a violent way such a violent manner then yeah by the state but an agent of the state Mm -hmm. yeah who I just can't believe. And and that man, he gets to serve his two and a half years and then continue his life. And yeah. and you are left without And he lived a long life. Ugh, of course he did. I I didn't include it in here, but I guess I should just mention it because I did read it. Yeah. So he lived to like his eighties, I wanna say. And his obituary mentioned um like his life, but it didn't mention anything about him being a cop. <laughs> mm. It's like no. Please put in the obituary. Let's remember what this man really was. A cold-blooded murderer of children. Yeah. Yeah. And of, of children of color. Put that in there. I know. Yeah. Right. Because he was involved in a fatal shooting he of killed. a black child before yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Truly disgusting. So, and some say that the, the protesters who started the riot were like plants meant to agitate mm. and stir up violence. And that could be true. We know that happens. But it we could do. also be true that the people were angry and they acted on their anger by attacking law enforcement. Yeah. You know, both could be true. Yeah. Nonetheless, Santos' murder and the protests sparked a movement in Dallas. But the community, they had been wary of the police for a long time. People living in the Little Mexico neighborhood remember constant harassment from the police. So the march was largely organized by Gloria Alvarez, who was the director of, I think, Pike Park in Dallas, is becomes important. So anyway, okay, um, she called for Chicanos to meet at Pike's Park to strategize how to respond to the injustice of Santos' murder. And then soon after that, the Pike's Park Ad Hoc Committee was created with Reverend Rudy Sanchez as a chairman. And this committee was meant to facilitate communication between the community and government officials. And the original plan was for the committee to present its complaints about Santos' death to the city of Dallas, like in a meeting type of way, right? But during the meetings and the plan makings and stuff like that, a Brown Beret member, Juan Perez, suggested that marching was the only effective way for the community to make its frustrations known. Mm. And then um, the Brown Berets were mostly responsible for organizing the march and then like other people of the committee were responsible for like getting like speakers and stuff for the march so the march was peaceful like i said earlier until the end when some protesters wanted to keep marching but the leadership wanted it to end because they had only planned it like this is the end point but people still wanted to keep going and that happens i remember and we were oh, yeah. in other marches and people wanted to end and we're like, no, let's keep going. And the cops are waiting for you at the end point of because, you yeah, know, you get know. permits and you have yeah. a walking route or marching uh-huh. route. And they're at the end with yeah. their gear, with their shields and their fucking helmets and mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever those you, you just have batons. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, people wanted to keep marching. And supposedly the violence started when a young Chicano kicked over a police motorcycle which brought on some kind of reaction from a cop but i couldn't find a description of what that meant Mm. um and then protesters started beating up the cop (laughs) good you know whatever (laughs) i'm here for it um (laughs) and apparently a woman who wasn't even part of the march she was just walking by 
She grabbed the mic from one of the leaders who was trying to stop the violence. And then she told the crowd, kill the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, I literally cackled. I love her energy. Yeah. <laughs> she was like walking by. She wasn't even part she of it. She wasn't even part of it. She's just like, <laughs> give me that. That's funny. <laughs> so soon cops in riot gear arrived and people started throwing Coke bottles at them. And, you know, then they started fighting. Mm-hmm. Over 60 people were arrested and five were injured. After the protests, uh, Dallas City Council and Police Department announced that they intended to correct the injustices committed against the city's people of color and that the, and that the police would arrange to regularly meet with the Brown Berets and Barrio residents to evaluate and take action on the severe conditions of the barrios. And then after that, um, or, you know, after the riot and whatever a fort worth community leader jose antonio gonzalez investigated how the violence broke out and then he reported his findings to the fort worth star telegram newspaper and that's where i got the juicy details about the lady oh the juicy <laughs> from, details yeah perfect and so and he said the following it is sad that in dallas like in other places this kind of honest action usually can be brought about only after some sort of civil disturbance which is true. True that. In an interview in 2013, Bessie said that after leaving prison, she continued to struggle with Santos' murder. Of course, you know. Yeah. And then um, her pain only worsened after she started working for a laundromat across the street where Santos was murdered. Hmm. And at one point, she attempted suicide. I'm sure. Yeah. At the time of the interview, Bessie, as many... Latinas do. She kept an altar of Santos and she recalled that Santos loved Santana, enchiladas, hot dogs, and his mama. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Her altar included pictures of Santos, some of his drawings, his toys, and a letter from then President Jimmy Carter. Oh, he addressed this. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. So the letter said the brutality and senselessness of the murder is reprehensible. I hope some measure of justice has been served by the vigorous state prosecution and the officer's conviction of murder with malice. In the end, I realized no action could ever compensate for the needless loss of life. Wow. And uh, many changes happened as a result of the community's response to Santos' death. At the time of the murder, Less than about less than 15% of the police force were officers of color. And as of 2013, which were like, I just read the article, I didn't look up anything else. Mm-hmm. About half of the sworn officers were people of color, and half of all sergeants were people of color. And then also, law enforcement could no longer question minors without judge's approval. That's the important one because it doesn't matter how many people of and I have a joint about that. After. Oh, I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> yeah. I'll save it there because I'm sure you have the same sentiment that I, I do. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's also since 1988, a Dallas Citizens Police Review Board for independent oversight. Mm. But some complain that the board lacks teeth because it can only make recommendations. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> and over the decades since the shooting, Mexican-Americans grew from a small minority to almost half of the city's population. Mm-hmm. And they began to win seats on city council and school boards. And of course, in today's standards, diversifying the police department isn't really seen as anything positive or, <laughs> you know, enough progress. 
And it's true. You know, I think we both agree with that. I think true progress is defunding. (laughs) Yes. The police. But I think that if we place ourselves in the mindset of the community from back then, the community reeling from the murder of a young, and this is how they refer to him in one of the articles, a young Chicanito. I thought that was so cute. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, if we place ourselves in the mindset of the community reeling from the murder of, you know, a brown child by a white cop, I think that it could feel the mindset would have been. Yeah, the mindset would have yeah. been like, our people wouldn't do this. Yeah. You know, now today we know that people they would just and they do embellish and have. themselves. And <laughs> yeah. um, what's it called? I boy Mateo and they fully accept and embark and I mean, they buy into in- involve themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Into white supremacy, yeah. which is what the police force is. And yeah. so, you know, Mexican cops, black cops asian cops like they're they're gonna do the same thing yeah in 2021 48 years after santos murder the dallas police department finally apologized to bessie for the murder of her son Mm -hmm. sorry how long how long did it take 48 years jesus yeah christ (laughs) and the city 40 years oh my god then police chief eddie garcia read an apology in english and spanish to Bessie, the apology said, Thank you for letting me speak and say a few words, not only as a father, as a police chief, as a Latino, but also on behalf of every officer who wears this uniform, I will not allow our department to forget. In order to improve, we must learn from the dark moments of our past. Chief Garcia acknowledged that the city has not healed from Santos' murder and stated, In order to heal, those who committed the wrong must be contrite. And then I didn't look up contrite because i know the word i've heard it before it was in sweeney todd <laughs> yes it was the only reason i remember that <laughs> I, but i think it just mean like maybe held accountable probably feeling or expressing remorse or penitence oh so they must feel sorry mm, true yeah or guilty or yeah. yeah so on behalf of the dallas police department as a father i am sorry we are sorry that someone entrusted to protect you someone who wore the uniform i proudly wear today took your son and took David's brother away by the way of murder. Garcia was Dallas first Latino police chief and he was the one to apologize. So I think that that's a, yeah, the diversity (laughs) in the police force did mean something if only yeah for Bessie to finally get an apology from the police department. So I, you know, I think that it did mean something. Oh, I can't believe it took that long. Yeah. In 2022, artist Seth the Vandable created a sculpture of Santos, which was placed at Pikes Park, where he um, played all the time. And the Parks Recreation Center was also renamed after him. Oh. The Latina community in Dallas continues to hold anniversary events to commemorate Santos. Oh my god, what a beautiful statue. Oh, you looked it up? gonna cry the picture i saw was when the statue because before it was like put in the park uh-huh um the artist showed it to bessie and so the picture i saw was of bessie looking at it and i was like oh my god i'm gonna oh cry. i know i would have broken down and then uh, wouldn't be unable to do anything <laughs> the artist describes that um and this is what made me cry more than anything but the artist oh describes, no i see the picture oh yeah oh my god yeah so the artist describes how when Bessie saw it, she grabbed um, Santos, the statue, the hand of it. And then he's like, I knew she approved. 
<laughs> cry like a little bitch right now. I'm sorry. But <sighs> I, it's just so sad. It's so heartbreaking, you know? So yeah, the Latina community in Dallas continues to hold anniversary events to commemorate Santos. And they're determined to make sure that his murder will not be forgotten. This year, on the 50th anniversary of Santos' murder, there was a march to Pikes Park held. And without this memorialization and accountability, the city would have never apologized or erected a statue. So let me just tell you about this real quick. Okay. (laughs) Hadi Jawad, the executive director of the Dallas Peace and Justice Center, who helped organize the 50th anniversary march, said that a 17-year-old girl, Ariba Amer, wrote an editorial in the Dallas Morning News shaming the city. And um, that's what got them to respond. Wow. Yeah. And then I went and I found the um, editorial she wrote. And so she wrote it in 2018. And so and the statue um, was put there in 2022. So. Wow. Okay. So Ariba learned about Santos murder through a homework assignment. And in her editorial, she wrote that if it wasn't for that assignment, she would have never known about Santos. She added that most of her classmates didn't know about Santos murder. So I just want to quote a bit from her editorial. Today, more than ever, it is important for us to have some recognition of the murder. Many Americans are working to ensure that those who lost their lives in recent incidents of police brutality are not forgotten, such as Michael Brown, Walter Scott, and Alton Sterling. How can we ensure that future generations learn about these shootings if my generation has little knowledge of the Santos Rodriguez case? We are done waiting. As Dallas citizens, it is our duty to commemorate pivotal events and keep our history alive. If we don't act now, the murder of Santos Rodriguez will soon become a three-sentence paragraph in our Texas history textbooks, insignificant and seemingly irrelevant, and the damage will be irreversible. And truer words have never been spoken. (sighs) This is true. This is true. And I mean, that's a huge part about why we started this podcast, too, you know, like yeah to um talk about these things that we never learned and to keep this history alive keep this history on the record right because you know who's going to delete those podcast episodes and no one (laughs) (laughs) um so even though it's horrible to talk about i'm happy and proud to be part of memorializing santos and to keep this horrible act of police brutality in the consciousness right and it's not to sensationalize murder at all but to continue to criticize and call out the police because this was 1973 and what has changed? Well, at least the <sighs> cops in Dallas can't question minors without George's approval. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, even that, I mean, doesn't stop them from murder- no. murdering children yeah. because what was it like two years ago? They killed the 13 year old boy in California. Was it California? I don't know. I don't remember this. Yeah. He it was like, 3 a.m. and he might have had a gun and then like dropped it before he jumped over a fence. Oh, mm-hmm. and then they killed him. Yeah, it was a, a Mexican kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember his name right now. Obviously, you know Tamir Rice and yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it continues to happen, but it's important for us to talk, talk about, about this so more people can get yeah. on the path of like FTP. Yeah, because doesn't this. Sh- I mean, this kind of goes to show, right? Like, they don't it doesn't change. matter how much you diversify the police. This kind of stuff continues to happen because the police as an institution is racist and violent and oppressive. Upon its in, yeah, since its inception. 
Wow. Well, I'm so glad that you told me about this. Um, yeah. And, and I'm just, like, even if we only have yeah. 20 listeners, there's 20 more people that will know about Santos Rodriguez. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have more than 20 listeners. I know. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, wow. Wow. Just a good way to start a Saturday morning full of rage. <laughs> I mean, if you're not fueled by rage, are you living? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I guess this brings us to the end of the episode, right? Yeah. Okay. I was going to bring Bukele updates, but it's too much now. It's too oh. much rage. We can Plus only handle down. so much rage. <laughs> yeah. Next episode, we'll have updates. As El Salvador further... Also rage-inducing for real. Furthers its journey into a dictatorship. Mm Full-blown dictatorship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, other than that, I guess, yeah, thanks for listening. And I hope that this was one last historia unknown because I had no idea about it. Oh, my God. No idea. Wow. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Bye. Bye.